Hello, hello. Matt Banker here with the Marketing for Accounting Firms podcast. And I have Erin Andrews on here today, who is not a marketer. She's the owner of an accounting firm that has worked with marketing agencies. So I wanted to have her on and we're going to have a conversation. What does it look like for firms of different sizes to work with outside marketing partners? Could be agencies, could be freelancers. And it and it overlaps too with what do you do internally, you know, when you hire mm-hmm. people. So Erin, mm-hmm. thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love talking all things marketing, even though I don't do it. I love talking about it. So, <laughs> so you you love marketing. You're you have mm-hmm. an accounting firm. What? Mm-hmm. Give us a little background on your firm, especially in terms of when when did you start marketing? What where what did you start with? And and what's a little bit of your marketing journey maybe up until this point? Okay, cool. So our firm's been around for like 15 and a half years. I'm actually, and it's straight line accounting and advisory. I'm a second generation accounting firm owner. So my father is a CPA. He is still practicing. It's been about 42 years, I would say for him. Um, But we branched off and started straight line. And in the beginning, you know what marketing was like for accounting firm owners. It was just referrals. So whoever walked in the door called and you just took whoever We didn't have like an ideal client or a niche established, but I would say that our journey started, when did it start? It was like eight years ago, I want to say. So I got onto social media. So it was pretty far in to the business. You didn't, it wasn't something you were really focused on right at the beginning. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I guess I didn't know. So we actually joined an accounting association, a group Rootworks, which I'm sure most people know mm-hmm. if they're listening to this. I was not one of the original members, but they were family, fairly new at the time. So I joined that 11 years ago in 2010. And I think they opened me up to marketing and um, what was out there. And also marketing was a lot different still back then. So they were still doing recommend. They had like a marketing program. They were still doing things like direct mailers, mm-hmm. like there was, it was really, I didn't really understand how to get names for a list that was like your buying list, which I don't think that's a thing. I mean, there is a thing right now, but not the way we wanted, but I was always heavy into social media myself. So I, we had a social media page and what I did was I actually outsourced our social media content to a local woman who did it. It was like right when social media started becoming popular for business. I want to say, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but she just started posting like useful tips. So I always understood the concept that you have to like give away value. If you give away value that will help bring people. Cause they'll just, you know, eventually they'll trust you. And so we always consistently at social media posts. And I think our messaging was actually pretty consistent even back then, like with our brand and what we did. So we've started establishing a pretty, a brand fairly early on as like a younger, not a traditional accounting firm, even though I was coming off of my parents, they were more, much more traditional, but Mm -hmm. I think that really helped. And actually because of all those posts on social media, I don't know if you know who Jay Bear is, but he wrote a book called utility and he used us as a case study. So Mm -hmm. I just was like, Ooh, we're so cool. So I knew we were on the right track when I was like, give away value for free and it'll come to you. And we were like on Twitter's top 100 accounting firms to follow for things like that. So we started there. And then it was like, what year is that? 2022? I want to say 2018. I actually met an agency that was young. I I loved the owners. They, They just spoke my language pretty much with what we wanted. 
and I realized that we needed some type of agency. I, I think, I also do think I didn't have the right expectations and I didn't know what I didn't know, mm. if that makes sense. So I think that's really common that people don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's honestly, it's the same in your in your area. I think a lot of clients come to an accounting firm not really knowing what they don't know. Don't it's know. the same in marketing. A lot of the firms we work with, they're not sure what they should be doing, why. They, mm-hmm. A lot of times they don't even know what is all included in marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it, it is a confusing area unless you have a lot of experience in it already. And you've already mentioned like three different channels, you know, direct mail, social media, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff can be mm-hmm. marketing, but it can be pretty different in terms of how you might spend money or what you'd focus yeah. on, depending on your your niche. And yeah, there's all yeah. kinds of things there. Yeah. Actually, I do remember when I first started working for my parents, like 16 years ago, I remember we interviewed three agencies mm. and I remember this, I remember they came in and they were like, We'll print these things up for you. We'll mail these things, but there was no like guarantee on return on investment. You know, there was there was there was no guarantee of leads coming in. I just remember it and being like, okay, mm-hmm. this is kind of crazy. You're gonna spend like thirty thousand dollars on a marketing plan, and you're not really gonna have anything to show for it. Um, that I remember that. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I kind of blacked it out because we did want marketing. I guess mm-hmm. when I started working for them, but yeah. So. But I think we all we have almost always had someone doing social media posts. But I knew I knew we needed another. We needed nurture campaigns. We needed funnels. We needed lead magnet thingies, whatever they're called. I just didn't know how to do it, and I knew there was people out there that did it better. If I could go back now, I probably would change things on how we did it. We spent a lot of money. I would say we wasted tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands <laughs> initially. Cause we, we just, we just, I don't know if didn't have our shit together is the right thing or I don't know. We just, we just weren't in the mm-hmm. right direction. If that makes sense. Did you feel like in, and this isn't to, you know, to, to throw, to throw any other agency or marketer mm-hmm. under the bus. Did you feel going into that? That was an issue where you didn't know enough of what you wanted out of a marketing agency, or did you feel like you expected them to show up with more direction and plan for you? I think it was both. I think it was both. So we would sit down and like talk about uh, scheduling out our, our, you know, having a plan for each quarter because accounting really is cyclical and you can, you can plan out around a quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I didn't, I, I knew that marketing takes a long time. I understood that. I know it takes like a, it's, it's a long process. You can't expect overnight results, but I don't think I understood the process, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, as well as I could, as well as I do now anyways. So we also tried to jump into way too many things at once. Like we, mm-hmm. we got Salesforce, we needed a new website, we were doing social media, we wanted an email campaign, you know, it was just like a lot going on. And so I also wasn't focused on, I guess, priorities. So um, the agency is great. They just, I don't think they were a good fit for us after a little while. I, I don't think I was the best client at first either, to be totally honest. So just like we have clients that probably aren't the best fit because they're, they, you know, don't do what you're supposed to. I just, yeah, I was trying to do too much, I think, with mm-hmm. too fast. From from just like a a personality approach to things, are you more of the type of person that wants to know and understand what we're doing, why we're doing it? Or were you looking for someone, 
and maybe this has changed over time, were you looking for someone who you could basically just say, okay, here's some money, now you do it for me? Or did you want to be involved in that process? I definitely wanted to be involved because this is the kind of stuff I like to do. I am an accountant at heart, I guess. I love data and I understand marketing really revolves around data. So um, that was really important to me to see the data. The problem was, I guess I wasn't seeing the data because we weren't at a certain point yet. So Mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to understand like where our investment was going um, Mm -hmm. at first. So I, I want someone to tell me what to do but I want to understand why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. But they're the expert, just like my clients. Like mm-hmm. I expect them to want to know why, but also take our advice. Yeah. That makes sense? It does. And you know, you mentioned data. I, I feel like, I feel like reports and data are such a tricky thing in the marketing world because mm-hmm. I, the number one complaint I hear from people when they fire an agency is they just kept telling us everything looks great. The reports always <laughs> looked good. But then when we looked at the bottom line, we weren't seeing mm-hmm. any change in mm-hmm. the actual like revenue sales numbers. And so yeah. we were left trying to piece together, okay, how does what we're doing connect with what we should expect in terms of actual results because you can't pay bills with, you know, likes and views and Mm -hmm. just pure traffic numbers. It has to correlate eventually Mm -hmm. to, to someone Mm -hmm. hiring you and and sending you a check. Uh, And so there, there's a lot that you can understand to know, is this working or not? But Mm -hmm. there are a lot of ways that marketers can kind of, you know, I don't don't want to say manipulate the, they're not manipulating the numbers, but they're choosing what to focus on that may not actually be connected to business objectives. And so it looks good, even if it's not like doing good for you. (laughs) Yeah. So we weren't like seeing those like leads come in, the results of it, Mm -hmm. but they were probably seeing, well, you're getting average website time on your website. It's probably really good. So eventually Mm -hmm. it'll lead into it. (laughs) The other thing I will say is I, I wish we had really nailed down our, what I, if I were them, I probably would have nailed down our ideal client and our niche mm-hmm. much earlier and helped me focus it. I, I think they also kind of let me just, oh, Aaron wants to do this, Aaron wants to do that. But I, mm-hmm. I do think, how can you focus, and we, we talk a lot about this cause with my other business, but how can you really focus your marketing and your branding if you don't have a niche and an ideal client because mm-hmm. then they're spread too thin. So mm-hmm. we were trying to do you know, trying to market to too many people without a focus. Yeah. If you don't so. have a niche, you basically are left with geography and you're like, mm-hmm. I'll work with anyone. And you mm-hmm. kind of pick an arbitrary geographical like revenue number. Yeah. And like but it's, revenue but it's hard employee. to, yeah, it's hard to identify, especially I, so your firm, you were focused kind of in Massachusetts. Um, is that right? In terms of your customers it, we were. At, at the time? And, we, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. At the time. Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of kind mm-hmm. of overlapping areas. You don't have to work with someone from your city. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. the, the choices that your ideal, you know, quote unquote, ideal customer has. It's not like you're in a small town where everybody knows the local accounting yeah. firm and they're just going to work with you because you're local. You're mm-hmm. still competing, you know, for a specific client in a pretty big area in a very competitive yep. space. So it's hard to it's hard to get in front of the right people, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So if I like, I guess if I was to go back I would 100% ID my ideal client and my niche from the start mm-hmm. because you're just, I think you're just throwing money away by doing, mm-hmm. you know, any ad spend or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, so. That's a hard, I think that's a really hard choice for a lot of firms who are basically mm-hmm. generalist firms. That's, that's kind of the big hurdle 
to jump over is choosing that I am going to narrow down who I work with or, you know, narrow mm-hmm. that niche in some way. Um, there are benefits on the other side, but it's a hard choice for a lot of yeah. people to make. I, I mean, think. yeah, and we could go into niche all day. I mean, Alex Harmozy says riches are in the niches. So, yep. I mean, there's yeah. so much benefit to niches, like niching down processes, yeah. employee training anyways, but yeah, we go on that for a long time. So, <laughs> Okay, so leading up to the the agency you're working with now, mm-hmm. how did you decide who to work with? I don't know if you want to go into like what was the did you know there was a point when you needed to stop working with the previous agency mm-hmm. and then and make a switch? Did you make a switch right away or did you take a break in between uh the two? So, no, we 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 went pretty quickly, but um so actually a lot of things happened in 20 was it 2019? 2000 I don't know, 2020. Before before pandemic or during pandemic times? I forget. My God, I forget. <laughs> so we had, okay. So we had an internal person that was doing um, like our social media content mm-hmm. and um, like things like, like just developing content and things mm-hmm. like that. Because it's really real. I've found it's very difficult for an outside agency to develop content in, for a company unless they're in it. It's very difficult to like personalize it. it so to me, it's always been extremely important to have somebody that could do that internally. Um, so we, that person left our firm and then my sister actually came on in September of 2021. And at this point we were having a lot of issues like with that internal person that was there. And then also defining the line of like what the agency does and what we do internally. That was like a huge struggle. And so, so that's partially our fault. I think it, it was just, and then honestly, we just didn't have the best person that we were working with, with the other agency. So unfortunately that's kind of what happened. But then my sister started in September of 2021 and she just turned out to be, she was really good at writing communications. She turned out to be amazing for content creation, social media, things like that unexpectedly. And then we decided we were always obsessed with story brand, like the Donald mm-hmm. Miller and like I took his all day, you know, two day course on messaging and branding and mm-hmm. the agency we were working with, they just weren't a story brand agency and they just didn't get it, I think. So we were trying to push something that wasn't their philosophy, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so you and, were bought into mm-hmm. kind of a marketing philosophy mm-hmm. after you'd already started working with this agency. Mm-hmm. They weren't really interested in coming along. So it's, it's kind of like an alignment yeah. issue in some ways. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, they do their thing mm-hmm. one way and. We do our things another way. So, but you got to be. Yeah. I do think you need to have that alignment with the marketing yeah. agency. And, you know, I I have a way of approaching marketing that isn't a right fit for every client. And if mm-hmm. if they really want one thing and what we do is something different, it's like always going to it's always going to end. It's not it's a work. it's not a long term. No. Yeah, it's not a long term. Yeah, so like I guess when I said it was okay, it's it's okay not to if they, if they want to go do their thing and we want to do our thing. That's not going to work. We just found a story about an agency. We just happened to get someone in Florida because that's where my husband and I moved. And, um, and they have been great They're They understand. Like if I say the lingo, they, they understand. I remember the first meeting I had with the owner or whomever it was, he was just, usually they sell the story brand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh no, no, I could sell, I could sell it to you. <laughs> so that's, he was like, well, you're just like a perfect customer for us. Cause you're already mm-hmm. doing the philosophy. That's the way we do things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but but we also have different, they have a different role than we did with the other company mm-hmm. too. And we really, really defined our internal person 
and then their role too. So that's been huge, which I wish we had done better with the old agency. So what, what does that kind of look like at this point? Who, what is your internal person doing? What do you mm-hmm. rely on an outside agency to do? So the internal person who is my sister, she does all of the social media content creation, like basically everything related to that. She actually writes the, most of the emails that go out, the nurture emails. She, then she works with the agency that we use. They're like the bigger picture things. So mm-hmm. they helped us, our HubSpot. So we ended up transitioning from Salesforce to HubSpot. Mm-hmm. HubSpot was a disaster. So our biggest project was getting HubSpot. So they helped us clean up HubSpot, get that ready. And now, now that HubSpot's been all cleaned up and we're good, we, you know, we established properties and all that stuff. They help us do workflows. And so like when my sister wants to do a nurture campaign, they help teach her workflows and all that stuff. They also built our, we got a new website. They built the website and they make things talk between the two. It's all the higher, higher level stuff that we really shouldn't know how to do because we're not an agency. And then that we, then they're there for just like with strategy for planning and they write us blogs for SEO. They also maintain our SEO. So like I said, I, I don't think they could do content creation for social media, but it, I don't, mm-hmm. they couldn't do it the way my sister's doing it. So, so you get a breakdown from content, you break it into, you've got SEO content mm-hmm. for the website and then social media mm-hmm. content as the mm-hmm. two main buckets of what yep. you're, of what you're doing. Yeah. It sounds like, well, I'll, I'll say a couple of things. One, that content piece is so important. Like if you're mm-hmm. positioning yourself as, as, as a guide or as an, as an expert within the niche for your customers, mm-hmm. it's so difficult to outsource that expertise to a copywriter. And yeah. the way I think about it is basically a copywriter can go to Google and they can mm-hmm. look up what somebody else has said, but they can't generate the actual like insights that an owner can can have. And, you know, even within that, it's hard. I don't know how how closely you're involved or, you know, kind of upper level management people. It can mm-hmm. be really hard to hand that off to a junior person as well. Mm-hmm. Most of the firms that we've worked with really struggle if they try to outsource their expertise to a person yeah. who doesn't have any, you know, it just falls flat. Yeah, I think we were very lucky because my sister grew up in the accounting industry. Mm-hmm. She is not an accountant at all. She's very she smart. <laughs> so she understands it, but she can also like listen in on something and like she listens in on my sales calls. She sees our sales process. She sits she sits on a bookkeeping calls. So she's like researching the marketing agency. What they do is like you just said, they just find the keywords and they probably just Google like an article to write and they do that. I also think as a firm owner, I, I meet a lot of firm owners that are like, I'll have my admin do it and I'll give them ideas yeah. or that's not, I don't know. It's, you've got you to find someone. Yeah. I mean, they, there's probably like three skills. Um, it's like <laughs> you have to have accounting expertise. You have to be a mm-hmm. good writer and you have to put yourself mm-hmm. in the position of like the customer too. Mm-hmm. So you have to, and, and if you have two out of three, you can probably make do with missing one of those, you go to other people for expertise. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're missing, if you only have one out of those three things, it can be really tough. We used to do a lot of content writing for mm-hmm. our clients. And we've essentially, like in our firm, we've we've essentially cut that. We have a copywriter who can who can take content and turn it into articles, but we're, we require, we need a subject matter expert to be yes. involved in coming up with the ideas and making, like having a point of view and all of that yeah. because... Otherwise, yeah, like I said, it kind of it kind of falls a little bit flat there. How? Okay, can we talk? Can we talk about money a little bit? 
about so, yeah, sure. Marketing is marketing is expensive, right? Sure is. Um, <laughs> uh, and so other than jumping over the hurdle of like what's your niche, I think that mm-hmm. understanding like what is a realistic budget for marketing, like how much should you put in, what are your expectations about getting out and you know, you don't have to get into tons of detail, yeah. but how do you go about developing a marketing budget? Working with an agency is more expensive than, <laughs> yes, you know, is. hiring a person in-house. Uh, how do you do that? So, like I said earlier, we have overspent on marketing. We didn't have a budget. So mm-hmm. we just knew we wanted to kick-ass marketing, right? Like kick-ass social media. So I will always have, probably have, always have a dedicated in-house person that at least handles mm-hmm. a con- like the, and they're the coordinator with the agency. If you're just starting out, I think you need to kind of pick what makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you'd agree with that. I'm good on social media. I'm horrible at making posts. My sister is really good at that. She's really clever. But if you could find someone that's really good at that, Mm-hmm. and they can do, you know, internally that I don't think that's as expensive. Cause you, you know what I mean? That's someone mm-hmm. you can pay a few hundred bucks a week An agency. The reason why, one of the main reasons why I really wanted an agency is cause we use HubSpot and I wanted a really good website websites, as I understand it are supposed to make you money, not just look pretty. So, yeah. and I wanted my messaging, right? So we could have built something on Wix ourselves. I'm pretty good at technology, but I knew that wasn't what we want. So they have to maintain the website and things like that. So I think now that I know a lot more, I just like ad spend is different too. Like you need to Mm -hmm. have a budget for, so you have your agency. So we spend a a few thousand dollars a month on our agency. We were spending $5,000 a month on our agency plus our in-house person. So we were Mm -hmm. spending like 95,000 a year, Mm -hmm. which is like, I think about that now and I want to vomit, not even counting ad spend. So that was when we didn't know what we didn't know, I don't think. Now we're, we're spending probably half that. It just depends. But I also would make sure that you have like your processes in place for when your you know, marketing stops that you can take on the client, that you're going to respond to the leads. So it's very time consuming. So if you're doing social media posts, there's a lead center that comes in. That, that has to be managed. If you're getting, you know, email nurture campaigns and you're getting emails back, you have to manage that, assign it out, say there's a sales process involved. So I guess start slow and kind of just think what you can afford. I think, I do think you can't afford not to do it if you want to grow. Yeah. The number that is kind of always in my mind, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't have marketing, but you want to be aggressive is that you probably have about 60 K a year as your budget mm-hmm. to start. And mm-hmm. you can do two things. You can either hire a person and have mm-hmm. them do a lot of those things. You might have a little bit of budget for some mm-hmm. ad spend, or you can hire an agency, but you're probably not going to be able to spend, you're not going to be able to spend, you know, $6,000 this year and see your revenue no. double, <laughs> right? No, no, no. Like ad spend, we, so now that HubSpot's cleaned up, now that our sales cycle, you know, everything's gone. Because it took us a while to get even mm-hmm. our sales process and everything. They want our ad spend to be about 2500 a month mm-hmm. on top of everything else that we're spending. And that's like, that's what my old agency wanted too. So to me, that's yeah. normal. I think we're spending like 1500 a month right now. We just started. Yeah. So that seems normal to me. It's not cheap, yeah. but it can. No, it's not. I mean, you when you're when you're hiring 
from well, it's in house or out house. You're mm-hmm. out out house <laughs> outside. Is, <laughs> that's a better word. But you you basically you you pay three times is what I tell people. You pay for the yeah. ideas, and so you went out and you found an agency that had mm-hmm. good ideas. They were aligned mm-hmm. with you on messaging using story brand as the framework. Mm-hmm. They can come and help you direct the strategy, and so you pay a certain premium for people who yep. have better ideas about marketing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then you pay for time, and you either pay. For you either pay in time where you do it and someone mm-hmm. someone on your team like uses the hours to get it done, or you pay someone else mm-hmm. to do the work, the actual tasks yep. of yep. setting up funnels, workflows, writing, posting social media, all of that. And then you pay the platforms, which is mm-hmm. the distribution. You have to pay yes. Facebook or LinkedIn or Google, whoever, wherever you're putting that content. And not every marketing strategy needs to do paid content. You know, there's all kinds of little things in there, you know, SEO, or there's kind of technical things that you almost always have to outsource some things you can do with an inside person. But I don't know if this is if this makes sense. The other kind of recommendation I usually give people is an agency. So like any person probably has three out of the 12 marketing skills that would be really helpful. Like they Mm -hmm. they're designing websites or being a designer, yeah. you know, writing for social media. There's like this whole list. Okay. If you have a person inside, they mm-hmm. probably have three to four skills that they can yeah. do. And so mm-hmm. it's not realistic to hire an in-house marketing person, expect them to do everything. They're just not going to no. have the capacity. No. But if you hire an agency, they'll have that whole list, but they're going to be like three times as expensive <laughs> as, yeah. as the yeah. person. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. a trade-off for sure. So you, you hired a person first or, or you've always had kind of a person. We, we've always had a house. social media person and like the person mm-hmm. that just did, she just did like, she did custom posts for us, but they were generic in a way mm-hmm. that worked for the time, the mm-hmm. time that it was. And then we've, but we've had an in-house person. I mean, but you, you know, like we're, we're everything we need. So like even internal emails to clients, communication, I just mm-hmm. had to have somebody like yeah. even the office is closed. So how do you launch new products and services? You have to make it look pretty, you know, mm-hmm. how do you announce a new staff member, anything like that? I just, but the return on investment over time for what we're spending, I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to pay off Yeah. as long as we're consistent with our messaging and we are consistent with follow through. Mm-hmm. I used to make the mistake. I'm part charge of sales. I'm not, not getting back to the people, which was, you know, stupid. <laughs> so you're literally throwing them out. You're like, well, what's the point of marketing if you're not going to reply to the sale? I've learned my lesson. So mm-hmm. it sounds like there's kind of a, still talking money a little bit. There's kind of a, mm-hmm. an increase. There's like a bit, you usually spend a lot at the beginning of a relationship, especially with mm-hmm. an agency. And then yeah. over time, like it can taper off a little bit. And what I found is even, even with good agencies, most of the time, what you need from them become somewhat less over time because yeah. you're, you get the processes set up, you solve the big problems, your internal people maybe are, are taking over the, some of those things. It's kind of two questions. One mm-hmm. is what are you, what kind of metrics are you looking at in term in terms of deciding, you know, is this working or how do you do, how do you decide every quarter? Yes, we're going to keep doing this for our marketing we mm-hmm. you know we believe it's an investment and then i don't know if you have any thoughts on like and what would be how would you know if if it was time to to change things up for marketing so we we just started getting reporting because everything just got finally set up um this past june um so i guess if we're doing like email campaigns it's open rates and conversions from there 
We are also heavy, like I said, heavy on social media. So we get a lot of email addresses from being parts of groups and giving like free tools away. So once we get them in, how many of those do we convert to leads Mm -hmm. and then, you know, sell them obviously dollar amount, I guess like from a super technical, now that we have the SEO, cause the SEO blogs just started, just started in July or August. So probably a lot more data in a year, but seeing how those are, those are coming up on the, 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 all of the dashboards, the Google mm-hmm. stuff, <laughs> yep. I think so. I think I would give it probably a year before I really, unless it's like, you're getting zero. Mm-hmm. really made a decision to stop something. Cause I think it's the, as my husband always says, the flywheel has to start yeah. spinning and then eventually it goes. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard so, to restart things like uh-huh. to start from scratch. And, and I think a lot of firms go through a process where it feels like they, they do a thing for a little while mm-hmm. and then, then they cut it to zero and they have to start over. And it feels mm-hmm. like a long slog to build back up to something that, that feels like it's, it's really working. Yeah. Um, well, even our presence on social media, that even though we're so present, it took a really long time, but now most of our business comes from social media. Mm-hmm. Like even we'll have a client, we got a client from social media, they'll repost something we posted and mm-hmm. then that person that's following them calls us. So that, but that took, I mean, we've been on it for years and it's, it still takes a long time, but yeah, it's, I, al- I always get so like frustrated with any business owner, I guess, that says, well, I tried this and it didn't work. So we stopped and I'm like, well, you have to give it time. (laughs) You have to give it time. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work overnight. I guess that's the one thing I've always known from the start. Yeah. Just have to give it time. We often, I often think about it as like there's stages and the first stage is setting up and you basically Mm -hmm. have no idea if it's going to work or not. Mm -hmm. And you got to give it I'm going to say minimum of 90 days for almost any new initiative. And at that point, you're really still just looking for positive signals. Like, Mm -hmm. is there, do we get a couple comments? Do we see, you know, one person a quarter even coming in through the funnel that we have set up? Like, that's a positive signal and says, yes, Mm -hmm. it is, like, it is working how it's supposed to. Now we're going to test it and we're going to try to improve it or, or, you know, get it dialed in so it works better. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, it's after six months that you can start saying, all right, well, now that this is working, let's pour on the gas and, you know, maybe do more. But if you, if you just go through those first 90 days and you're like, well, I only got one, one lead out of this new system. That's a lot. A, it's a lot of money to invest up front for a yeah. system that you commit to for a pretty short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to start over and you're going to have to spend yeah. a bunch of money again. Yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. On yeah, absolutely. The the one thing that I have learned about myself is I don't really want to be somewhere where I'm not comfortable or I am not like on a lot. So mm-hmm. for me, Facebook is big. Like I am on Facebook. I, I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of people in their twenties are rolling their eyes, but that's where <laughs> I am. My sister is huge on Instagram and she's always like, go on Instagram. Da, 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 da. So I also think if you're going to like, if you're doing social or whatever, Mm -hmm. you should probably choose something that you're comfortable with, but you also need to find where your audience is. Cause if you have to force yourself to go there, it's, I think it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely a LinkedIn person. I know that's where there's a lot of business owners are there. Accounting firms, if you don't have a social media platform that Mm -hmm. you're active on, but you want to be, I'd Mm -hmm. recommend LinkedIn for most Mm -hmm. firm owners, because that's probably where a lot of the, the clients, at least, yeah. 
critical mass of them. But we know there are certain industries that just aren't on LinkedIn and they are on Facebook. Like you said, you have to find who's your ideal client because it doesn't make any sense to spend a bunch of money on Facebook if it's if no one's there or, yeah. or LinkedIn if your audience isn't there so you do need to know yeah. those sorts like, of things like if your if your if your uh, ideal client is influencers <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta TikTok go where the influencers Instagram. are yeah yep. exactly so yeah ours are contractors and a trade so mm-hmm. they're yeah yeah it's just where you can find mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. Um, you're a more established firm you're 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 bigger, you've invested in marketing in the past, you have growth mm-hmm. aspirations. What would you say to the smaller, you kind of started talking about this a little bit, but the smaller, let's say it's a four person firm who mm-hmm. is saying, okay, we want we want to grow. We want to turn into, you know, we, we want to get to that 20 person headcount and have a cool office and, and whatever else. Yeah. And we know it's going to take marketing. Like what are what are the baby steps that you would you would say that they need to start with? I would say get your brand like you have to you don't want to have like a a confusing brand so like your messaging should be super clear I'm sure you'll probably love this because it's story brand but and what your what you sell and offer Mm -hmm. and what's what problems you solve if you can have that and like like on a website like a very clear space exactly what you do that has been Mm -hmm. huge so there's no confusion about what you do that's probably, I don't know if you agree with that. That's- yeah, well, I, I mean, I always say it's, there's no point in spend, spending money to send good traffic to a bad website. Like that's, yeah. it's, that's kind of a waste. And it's not the website is the be all and ever and, and end mm-hmm. all, but it's usually, it's kind of ground zero for like, it's the first impression people have of you. It's mm-hmm. if you ever get a referral, that's where people go. And if, mm-hmm. if they're confused at what you do, who you work with, you're losing, you're definitely losing money at that case. Yeah. Even if you have a great yeah. referral network, improving your website can, can lead to, I think, an increase in conversions, you know, from, yeah. from that referral network. Cause I've been on other people's websites and I'm like, I don't really understand who you help or how you help them, even not even this industry and other industries. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this person does. So, yep. <laughs> so just make that super clear. Um, mm-hmm. and then I think it's, I don't know, it's, you, you have to start getting in front of people. Mm-hmm. So if you have an idea a niche, we've already talked about this, you should probably have a niche, mm-hmm. but figure out how to get names and emails so that you can start adding them to an email list, even if you're just using mm-hmm. something like MailChimp, just mm-hmm. to start emailing them and get in front of them. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it, I'm now I'm in the the selling myself as a marketer role <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think um, website is a place to start developing mm-hmm. an audience. Mm-hmm. If you develop an email list, it's something you own, right? You mm-hmm. could develop a lot of connections on LinkedIn and they could change the algorithm or switch the way that they like put out content and it could really hurt you. But an email list you, you basically own forever and you can, mm-hmm. you can take it back. We're, what we're finding is it, it is harder to get people onto email lists now than it was, mm-hmm. you know, five, 10 years ago because yeah. we all get inundated with spam. Mm-hmm. But if you have ways, you know, you can join organizations, you can right. you know, be a member. Again, if you have that niche, you can be a member mm-hmm. of an organization and you can get the email list. And, and yeah. now you've got a list of, of warm leads and email is still a really powerful channel if you it can is. get them onto that list. Yeah. Um, so... Well, I'm also a huge fan, especially if you're, I, we keep talking about niching, but like if you can host a webinar, like start giving value out for free 
We did a ton of that during you know COVID with PPP and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's if you join that association, offer to do free webinars for the members. You're going to get lists. You're going to get people trusting you, uh, or go to your local chamber of commerce or something like that. Yeah. Kind of start out with. I would start out with what's reasonable and what you can do without mm-hmm. like studying Instagram algorithms or something like that. (laughs) Cause I don't know them. My sister somehow figured out the song Mm -hmm. thing, the audio thing on Instagram and like what's coming up. That's wild. But yeah. (laughs) Or if you have like, maybe you're an old, like you have a kid that wants to be involved and they're really, really great at social media, bring them in, I guess, and have them just start posting. I I guess. You got to pick a channel and I think you do have to get active. I think it would be, Probably the biggest mistake, we talked about this earlier, is a, mm-hmm. an assumption that you can just ask someone else to do yeah. it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, ac- accounting, it it is a trust business. Mm-hmm. It's a credibility business. And so business owners do want to hear from you more than they yep. want to hear from, you know, a bookkeeper on your team yeah. um, or or your, your kid. But, like, you, you got to get the technical, like, get the stuff out there, too. And so if yes. you have a person who can shadow you and who can be the yes. person putting in the time to do this stuff, then then that could work really well yeah. uh, as well. Is there anything else you would tell an agency owner to just, like, avoid? Or what are what are kind of the, the pitfalls that you wish someone would have told you, you know, um, 15 years ago? I would, I would like a very thorough plan of, like, like just writing out what you want, what you, what you want mm-hmm. at the end of what, like what the goal is of your firm and then align your marketing plan towards that. So mm-hmm. just because you say, I want to grow in revenue by 25% this year, what does that mean? How many clients mm-hmm. does that mean? An average of what, in what industry, how are you going to get that? That's, that's definitely something I guess. Don't, don't do something you're not super comfortable with. That's just like, what is mm-hmm. this? Like if people are DMing you on Instagram and you're not on Instagram, that's not going to do anything. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the plan is the big, I think aligning on the same plan. Um, cause then you can really prioritize what you want to do and when you want to do it. I think mm-hmm. I would think that yeah. sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds it, as a marketer, if I come mm-hmm. in to work with a firm and they don't really know who their customer is, what their mm-hmm. goals are, what they're trying to accomplish, it's really hard for me to put a number on that of like, okay, so how much is that worth to you? You yeah. know, if they say, we just want to grow, it's an ambiguous yeah. thing. It, it's hard to say, well, okay, would you spend, would you spend $50,000 a year, you know, this year mm-hmm. to, you know, quote unquote grow? grow. Well, yes. you probably are going to need a number that, okay, grow yeah. by how much, you know, what is yeah. that, what does that look like? So the more, I think the more a firm owner understands who they are, what they want, mm-hmm. you know, are you building a lifestyle business? Are you looking for, you know, a lot of folks these days are trying to offload tax only clients and just get mm-hmm. small business clients because, because tax season is terrible. Um, yep. I totally understand that. But e- yep. if that's your goal, you know, we can build a marketing plan mm-hmm. that aligns with that. But if you're just saying, well, I just want to increase revenue next mm-hmm. year, that's, it's pretty hard yeah. for a marketer to guess like, what does that look like? <laughs> like, I know I need to add 3.3 clients a month at an average of $1,500 a month to get to my goal by 1231, 2023. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to figure out. That's my goal. That's what I need. I know. Yeah. So like then, then my agency is like, all right, so you need this number, you need this number of clicks on whatever and leads that come in, you know, 
prospects that come in that turn into leads and all that stuff and, and the conversion rate too. So that, I mean, accountants love data. So use, <laughs> use that and make the data, you know, you know, you know how to great. use Excel. You can figure yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's actually kind of fun. Once I realized that marketing is like almost all data, like data driven. And, and I was just like, oh, this is great. How could any accountant not like this? <laughs> yeah. So. It's a nice mix of, you know, it's, it's art and science. You've got the, you've got the math and the data, and then you've got the like language messaging mm-hmm. side of things as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But once, I mean, once all that, all that fun artsy stuff is like at the front end. And then after that, it's all data. Yeah, <laughs> so. it is. Yeah. Um, well, oh, one, Aaron, one, one other oh, tip that we're trying to focus on is getting reviews. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I think that's like an easy thing people can do right away, just cause that gives you like more authority and stuff like mm-hmm. that on Google or Facebook, encourage your staff, things like that. That's something we're trying to focus on. Um, that would be like, probably like, if we're looking at low hanging fruit, if you could mm-hmm. get, if you could get two reviews a month from mm-hmm. your current client base on Google maps, that can have a pretty big impact on your local search rankings. And so yeah. that's, if you're just looking for something like what to do today, um, that's, that's a good place to start mm-hmm. uh, looking at the reviews and local SEO. Yeah. Um, you're doing some other things, right? You've got, mm-hmm. you've got a company and then you, you're, you've got your own podcast. What, where can people find you and what do you want to, what do you want to tell us about, about. Uh, what you're up to? Um, Talk so we yourself. have an account. Yeah. So we do have an accounting firm, like I said, straight line. Um, we're actually currently going through a rebrand. Thank God. Cause mm. I do not like the name, but, um, <laughs> we have recently started a business called owners and operations and it's developed to help accounting firm owners. And we're trying to change the stigma of the accounting industry kind of, you know, maybe want to attract people rather than, mm. you know, it's so difficult when you go to look for a job and you're 21 and someone's saying, well, you have to work a minimum 55 hours a week for more than a quarter of the year. How is anybody going to want to join that industry? It's just, mm-hmm. there's so much abuse with that. So it's kind of a joke. It's not really a joke is we want to <laughs> make it, make it more fun so that people don't die at their desks. Cause I've yeah. actually heard a lot of accountants die at their desks. Mm-hmm. So we have a course that to help firm owners build the right foundations. It's kind of like the prequel to marketing to set you up so you can do marketing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we also have a podcast, which is really fun, Owners and Operations. But if you do, I actually gave a discount code. So if anybody is listening to your thing, wanted to join our course, or we have Mm -hmm. a workshop too, a KPI workshop, a couple days coming up, there's discount codes. I think it's Benchmark that I use a code, but I'll give it to you. So okay. yeah, it's just fun. We have fun. It's, the podcast is super laid back. We have some really cool guests coming up. Um, yeah, that's it. So good. Yeah. You're, you said you're on, you're on Facebook. So it's the best way to find the group. Is it through so, yeah, Facebook so we have group a, or something, right? We have a f- private Facebook group. I'll give you the link. So if you want to put it in your show notes, mm-hmm. you can, but it's just owners and operations, or you can just DM me. My sister looks at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we also, you know, we, we have all the other shit, LinkedIn, Instagram, mm-hmm. things like that, but we're primarily on Facebook with the group and things like that. But yeah. Yeah. Facebook, this will be my last like marketing point. Facebook <laughs> groups are great right now because the, the Facebook algorithm, this is, you know, strike while the iron's hot. The algorithm really mm-hmm. prioritizes group content. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this is another tip. If you're in an accounting firm, you know, starting a group for your niche, um, mm-hmm. once they join, they're going to see your content in their Facebook feed yep. a lot more often than if you're posting on your page or yeah. your personal account. 
So. Yeah, I actually heard a good tip that like your page is kind of like your website. It's there to go to. You can post to it. But if you actually want like traction on Facebook, it's your personal and then the group. So yeah, groups are very popular. Like yeah. very, but it's also very, it's kind of funny. I remember when um, I, I had a really, I, I have an autoimmune disease. And when I first got it, I got most of my medical advice from Facebook groups, but they actually really helped me. So mm -hmm. from then on, I was sold. <laughs> People <laughs> were like, you get medical advice from Facebook, but it actually works. So. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is going to get uh, one of those millennials. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Yeah, you can, you can edit that out. But groups are the way to go. You can definitely get in front of your audience that way. Yeah, groups are groups are great. Well, Aaron, this is this is great. Um, I think it's super helpful. It's always good to talk to accounting firm owners. Yeah. You know, I I work with a lot of accounting firm owners. That's mm -hmm. our niche. Uh, and ben, you're a story so. brand agency. Yeah. Well, we actually so I actually have two agencies. We okay. we kind of we split ours in because we needed to niche in a sense. So we have mm -hmm. one yep. um, web design and development company that does we do websites for any industry, any business. Okay. Uh, as we, it's a story brand agency. Um, I do some of the work and then we work with other story brand guides. Okay. And then benchmark growth marketing is marketing for accounting firms. We don't, we don't label ourselves as much. I, I am a, I'm a certified story brand guide and mm -hmm. it's a tool that I use with every single client that I work with. But yeah. most of the accounting firms we work with don't know much about story brand. And so yeah. we, we talk about the importance of clear messaging and, but we're yeah. a little less, uh, less like story brand uh what's the word centric in our own marketing and and branding mm -hmm. because because of the way that we've positioned in our own messaging in our niche but yeah if i mean if folks are listening to this and you don't know what story brand is <laughs> there's a book um oh, yeah. you've probably been offered it <laughs> before or someone's mentioned yeah. it uh yeah. it's like to to be honest that's like marketing 101 if you don't mm -hmm. know anything about marketing and you just need to have a little bit a little bit better understanding of where to start from. Like it's probably the best place to begin. Yeah. If, if I had to baseline you marketing so. made simple, you're talking about or the marketing made simple. Well, I, I think the story brand book the itself, brand just understanding mm -hmm. yep. how important, how you communicate to your audience mm -hmm. is and what, mm -hmm. what makes a difference. I also find it's the thing that gets people excited about marketing. Yeah. I, yes. Marketing made simple is like tactical. That's their yes, other book. But, mm -hmm. but story brand is if, if you need to be inspired to care about marketing, yeah. that's what yeah. you should say. And you should. Say. I think I will say you should, if you are a firm owner and you want to grow it all, you should have some type of marketing plan in place. Yes. And if you need yes. to get a marketing plan, you can reach out to us or mm -hmm. you can reach out to Erin. She can give you uh, <laughs> recommendations as well. Um, and she can, yeah, we haven't worked together, so you don't know how good yeah. I am at marketing, but, um, but I know that you've, you've got a good agency. I've heard you're good. I've heard you're good. You, you do some PASBA members, right? Yep. We've got, yeah. we've got, I think four or five PASBA okay. member clients yep. right now. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, awesome. this is good. I think we can leave it there. This has been the marketing podcast for accounting firms and you can find us on LinkedIn. You can find Aaron on uh, Facebook and there'll be links and things in the show notes. So, yeah. all right. Have a Thanks, great day. Scott. Thank you. Thanks. This podcast marketing for accounting firms is brought to you by benchmark growth marketing, a marketing agency that helps accounting firms get more calls booked through their website. You can find us at benchmarkgrowthmarketing.com. Connect with me, Matt Banker on LinkedIn.